Hey, good morning, everybody. How are you today? Good to see you. I know it's not Happy New Year, but it's my first Sunday to see you this year, so Happy New Year. Good to see all of you. If you've got your Bibles, take them and turn with me to the book of Numbers, chapter 6. Numbers, chapter 6. We're beginning a brand new sermon series this morning called Time for a Change. Um, so I'm excited about this. Um, I'm also excited that over the next few weeks, we've got several things that are coming up here for the, for the growth of our spiritual um, depth. Um, next week, we'll start 21 days of prayer and fasting. Um, and I encourage you to be here and uh, follow along with us as we uh, engage in God's word together and pray and fast and believe for God's goodness and grace in our lives. Um, and then the culmination of that will be our final Sunday of uh, 21 days of prayer and fasting um, will be the first Sunday in February. And on that Sunday, we are going to have a service where we believe and pray that God will do the miraculous in your life. If you have physical illnesses or financial situations, we're just going to believe that God's going to show up and do miraculous things in our lives. Um, so we know God's able, and sometimes the people of God just have to activate that and pray and believe those things. So that's the, the culmination of the 21 days of prayer and fasting, first Sunday in February. And that also begins a four-night revival on that same day. Uh, Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, and Wednesday night. Dr. Mark Rutland will begin the, um, uh, the revival on that Sunday night. And then um, pastors uh, Joe Dobbins and Tony Stewart and Bill Lee will be with us on the remaining nights. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. So I want you to go ahead and mark your calendars. First Sunday in February, be here on that morning service. And then for those next four nights, you don't want to miss the revival nights here at Mount Perrin North and what God is going to do for us. Well, I've got um, this morning as we start this series, we're going to talk, talk about blessing. Um, we're going to talk about how to embrace your blessing. In Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 to 27 are very, very familiar to you, though you may not know the scripture reference. You may not know, you know the passage, you may not know the zip code, okay? Um, but you know this because we speak it over you every single week. In Numbers chapter 6, starting in verse 24, it says, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Verse 27, there's a reason for it. And so they will put my name on the Israelites or on my people, and I will bless them. I want to talk to you this morning about how do you actually embrace the blessing that God has on your life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you today for the privilege and the honor to be able to simply be here in your presence Thank you for the way that you have blessed us so far in our service and our worship time through your word, through the gifts of the Spirit, and now through your word. I pray, God, that you would anoint the word you've given me to say this morning as it goes forth. Anoint our ears to hear it, our hearts to receive it, so that you may accomplish your perfect will and we'll walk out of here understanding, knowing, and receiving the blessing that you have for us in our lives. And we'll give you praise for it in Jesus' name, amen. So there's a lot of misconceptions about blessing and being blessed. Uh, you hear people talk about being blessed and highly favored. Let me just tell you something. Let me tell you some things that blessed is not and what blessing is not. We use the terms a lot, right? We say that we're blessed when we get the parking spot closest to the store, right? We say that we're blessed when we are looking on Amazon and we find the perfect item, right? And there's one item left. And of the billions of people that are using Amazon, you click on it and it gets in your cart and we call ourselves blessed. If you're a student, you don't study enough. You finally take the test. And when you get the grade back, you made a decent grade and you call yourself 
blessed. That's not biblical blessing. As a matter of fact, if you're from the South, you've got a really distorted view of blessing sometime too. If anyone in the South ever says, bless your heart, you are not blessed. You have been slightly insulted. So what is blessing? What is biblical blessing? Well, from the standpoint of what the way that the Bible lays out blessing, let me give you a couple of things about it. First of all, a blessing is a pronouncement of acceptance in the present. So I accept you right now. In the passage, it says the Lord bless you and keep you. It's a present thing at this moment. But then it switches to future things that are going to happen in the life. So it's a pronouncement of acceptance in the present, but then it's also a prediction of a favorable future in your life. I believe greatness lives within you. I believe there is a future and a hope that is waiting for you, even if you're going through difficult times. I believe not only that I accept you right now, but there's a favorable future for you. This is what the, the remainder, it says, the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord turn his face. These are future things. May the Lord turn his face towards you. Give you peace. So a pronouncement of acceptance, and it's also a prediction of a favorable future in that. So if that's blessing, then how do we live in that blessing? I'm gonna give you three quick things, and at the end of this message, we're gonna take the opportunity for everyone in the room that would like to. We wanna pray a blessing over you. Our pastors and elders are gonna be here in the front. They're gonna be in the mezzanine level. And we're gonna pray blessings over your family, over you individually as well. Um, if you're watching online, there are people in, uh, at the end of service, there'll be a phone number for you. You can call that number and someone will pray with you as well. We don't want you to be left out. I believe this is a year that we start off with God's blessings in our life. So what are we, what are we talking about when we say a blessing? Let me give you three quick things. First of all, a blessing is a belief. It's a belief. You've, you've got to believe the things God has said about you. You've got to believe the things God has written and spoken over your life. Believing the words of God are true, not just for somebody else. This is the, this is the fascinating thing. The biggest trouble I see in Christians when it comes to this is not that they don't believe the word. They believe the word is true. They just have difficulty believing the word is true for them. Because they look at all their past mistakes. They look at all of their difficulties they're going through right now. They look at all the things that aren't going the way that they want them to. And they think, oh, that blessing is there. And that word is true for that guy and that gal and that family or whatever. But I don't know if they're true for me. It's a belief that says every word that God has spoken about me and you is true. And it applies to my life and your life as well. So what has God said about you? In Jeremiah 17 and 7, it says, blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. Psalm 40 and 4 says, many blessings are given to those who trust the Lord and have no confidence in those who are proud or trust in idols. Psalm 34 and 8 says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Blessing is a belief. A belief that if I'm in Christ, Christ is in me, then I am a child of God and I'm a blessed man or woman of God. Now, what does that actually mean? What do you have to believe about God's blessings? Let me give you just a few things that you need to hang on to and hold on to to believe about God's blessing. The first is this, that his name is on me. 
His name is on you. Numbers chapter 6. We just The reason we say, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace is followed up in verse 27. It says, and by doing so, you will place my name on my people, the Lord says, and I will bless you. His name is on you. Do you understand that? Whatever you think you were, you're a child of God, and his name rests on you. And because his name rests on you, his blessing rests on you as well. His name is on me. His blood has covered me. Now, if you're new to church and you don't know what I'm talking about, in the Old Testament, when there was sin there, there would be a sacrifice that was made, and the blood of the animal would atone or pay for the sins in a rolling forth, but it had to be repeated over and over and over again. And then God sent his own son to be the perfect lamb of God who died on a cross. And Jesus not only died on a cross, went to a tomb, rose from the dead, and gave us new life. That means his blood, once and for all, covers all of my sin. For some of you, maybe that's the greatest thing you can grab hold of this morning, is that the blood of Jesus Christ covers every mistake you made in 2022. Every sin you committed, the blood of Christ has covered you. His name is on me. His blood has covered me, according to Ephesians 1 and 7. His word is guiding me. Psalm 119 and 105 says that his word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The visual of that is, we don't understand this because we have cars now, right? And we shine our bright headlights out there and we can see for a quarter of a mile. We know what's coming. We can see all of those things. But in those days, the only illumination was directly in front. His word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. It wouldn't illuminate everything out there. You couldn't figure out everything that was going to happen in your life. You didn't have all the answers when you, know all the, when you want to know all the whys and, and you want the timing and all that. You didn't know all of that. All you could do is illuminate the very next step and take that step in faith, knowing that the next step was going to be illuminated as well. His word guides me. God will not always tell you what his end plan is for you, but he will tell you where to take the next step. And if you follow along that next step, he'll keep you on the path of righteousness and his will and his grace for your life. His word will guide me. That's blessing, that I don't have to figure this whole thing out. To all of you, that lie awake at night trying to figure out how God's going to do something for you or how you're going to fix something in your life. Can I just tell you something? His word will guide you where your mind cannot conceive right now. But you have to believe that. A blessing of guidance from the Lord. His spirit is within me. Jesus said that when he left to go back to be with the Father, that he would send the Holy Spirit to live in us and empower us, according to Acts chapter 1, verse 8. So what does that mean? That means I have a new identity. You have a new identity. You're not the same person you used to be. Some of you need to get the hold of this this morning. You are part of a royal priesthood a holy nation, a people belonging to God, one who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light that you may proclaim the praises of Jesus Christ, our Lord. You're not the same anymore. You've got a new identity. You are a child, a son or a daughter of the King of Kings. And if you can leave here today, 
understanding that, you can walk out in boldness instead of timidity. You have a new identity. You have a new righteousness. And it's not a righteousness that's based upon you doing enough. It's not you being holy and righteous enough by your own acts. It is settling in and settling in to the righteousness of Christ that is being applied to your life. You can never be good enough for God, and God knew it, so he sent Jesus to give us his goodness. And because of that, when God sees you, he doesn't see your unrighteousness. He sees the righteousness of Christ all over you, covering you. I have a new identity. I have a new righteousness, and I have a new power. The Bible says that we will be endued, filled with power when the Holy Spirit comes on us. That the third person of the Trinity has made residence in your heart. That you don't fight battles on your own. You don't face troubles on your own. You don't make decisions on your own. You don't face worry and anxiety on your own. The Lord is with you, fighting for you. And it is his power working in you and through you and bringing you into victorious places. That's the blessing of God on your life. But listen, all of that is true. But you've got to believe it. And you've got to believe it's for you. It's not just for that person or that person or that person. It's for you. Not because of what you've done, but because of what Jesus has done. Don't cheapen the cross by living below the calling God has for your life. Jesus paid too high a price for you to, look, to walk less than worthy of what he's calling you to. Believe who he says you are. Blessing is a belief. The second thing is blessing is a pronouncement. There's a passage in Genesis chapter 27 where a man named Isaac, who is the son of Abraham, is speaking a blessing over his son, Jacob. And as he speaks the blessing over his son, he speaks particular things to him. Here's what he says. May God give you heaven's dew and earth's richness, an abundance of grain and new wine. May nations serve you and peoples bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may the sons of your mother bow down to you. And may those who curse you be cursed and those who bless you be blessed. Blessing involves words of life and affirmation over someone. I'm not talking about just being kind. I'm talking about intentionally seeking to put the blessing of God on someone's life. The word blessing actually has a, a word picture to it. It is someone in greater authority bowing down temporarily to elevate someone else permanently. It, it is, it's a father stepping down to speak life into his children so that they might be elevated permanently. It's Jesus leaving his throne in heaven temporarily to come to this earth and sacrifice his life and give us new life. Temporarily, he comes down from his throne in order to elevate us from our position of unrighteousness to a place beside him as the king, as daughters and children of the king. This is the, it's, it's God the Father, as Jesus is being baptized in the Jordan River, sending the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove, landing on Jesus and his words say, 
This is my son in whom I am well pleased. It's the power blessing. It's the power that Isaac spoke over Jacob. Jacob would eventually have 12 children and those children, the 12 boys, and those boys would have families and they would eventually be known as the 12 tribes of Israel and they would be known as God's people from that moment on. There is power in the blessing. There's so much power in the blessing to be, if you know the story. Jacob actually wasn't even supposed to receive that blessing. He actually deceived his brother as the eldest child, and went in and got the blessing. But the power of the blessing would not be revoked. You understand that? When Esau, his brother, comes in and realizes to Isaac and says, I think he stole my blessing. And Isaac said, well, he, I've already blessed him. He said, well, bless me too. He said, I can't give you that blessing because now the blessing is rested on him. And that blessing now is not going to be revoked. There's power in the blessing of people of authority. Moms and dads and grandparents, listen to me. There is power in your words when you speak them over your children. There is spiritual and biblical authority in your words when you speak those over your children. Listen, I know this to be true, not just from the Bible, from personal experience. In my teen years, in my college years, I struggled trying to be accepted through my actions and a, and a wild and party lifestyle. I just struggled to be accepted by people. I accepted Jesus Christ in, in, uh, in, uh, right before my senior year and, and changed everything. And yet I still had problems. I wanted people to accept me. So what I did was I threw myself into my work in, the, in my 20s and early 30s. And I wanted to be the best at what I could do. I wanted to prove everybody, prove to everybody that I was the one. I was worth the hire. This lasted in my business career. This lasted in the first few years of my ministry and the first few years of my pastoring. And I can remember this. I was pastoring a church in Mississippi. It was about six months before I came here on staff in 2006. My dad came and preached a message for my church. And at the age of 35, my dad prayed for people in the altar. And at the end of it, he said, I, I've never taken the opportunity to do something. And he said, I need to speak words of blessing over my son. Changed everything. To know that I didn't have to strive for someone else's approval or acceptance, but I was accepted and greatness was seen in me by someone in authority over me. Speaking life into me is life changing. Moms and dads, grandparents, be intentional. Speak life over your children. I was convicted of this recently. And I just, I, I was convicted, reminded of this. And I said, I, I've never done that over my children. And so I wrote down their blessing. I prayed about it, asked God to give me words about it. And I'm going to share those with you. Don't do what I did. Do what God tells you. This is how my brain works. You don't want to know how this brain works, okay? <laughs> but this is how my brain works. I looked at their names, and I, I looked at the meaning, the, the origin meanings, the etymology of their names. And, and I looked, and, and listen, we, we didn't name our children, and we didn't go through and go, well, that's a good biblical name. Let's name them that. We, we use mainly family names, okay? But here's what they mean. My son, who's my oldest, Bradley Walters, Walters literally means ruler or leader. Bradley means a broad meadow or a vast territory. So when you put a leader of a vast territory. So based on that, as I was praying and asking, this is what I, this is what I wrote to him. This is what I speak over him. 
Bradley, may God make you a leader of a vast territory. May that territory include God's people, God's love, and an abundance of God's resources. An honorable and loving wife who will lead by your side, a house full of children and grandchildren. And may that territory be inhabited by the peace of God even through the toughest trials. And may your name bring his name glory. To my daughter, who will not, able, who will not always have this last name, I looked at her first and middle name. Her name Lauren literally comes from the old word laurel, which means it's a wreath that is a prize for the winner of a contest. It is the victor. It's the winner. Alicia means noble. And so based on that, this is what I felt like the Lord had me speak to her. Lauren, may God give you victory in everything you put your hand to. May the attacks of the enemy miss their mark and thereby confirm your nobility as a daughter of the Most High. May the Lord bless you with a husband who recognizes you as a gift of the Lord and treasures you deeply. May your children and grandchildren rise up and call you blessed and thereby bless the name of the Lord. You, you can't use these for yours. <laughs> but you can pray that God will give you the words that he wants. You can pray just as the gifts of the Spirit were implemented this morning that God will use your hand your pen, your mouth as a conduit of his voice and his blessing over your children. Listen, in a world, in a day, an age where we are trying to raise children based on all these worldly standards of success, can I just tell you something? All the worldly standards of success are going to fail in the end. But if you will raise your children with kingdom principles, knowing that they are part of the kingdom of God and put spiritual blessings on them and point them in the way of the kingdom, they will have a life of blessing in their life. No, they may not get that scholarship, but can I tell you something? They won't remember that scholarship, but they'll remember the words of life you spoke over to them. And when life gets hard and success comes their way and difficulties or difficulties come around or when their family's enlarged and they're looking back on their life, they can remember a moment where God used you as a parent or a grandparent to speak life and worth and affirmation and anointing and favor and blessing over their life. And they'll know that their life has been blessed by the Lord through you. It's our job. It's our obligation. In these 21 days of prayer and fasting, I'm going to challenge every parent and grandparent. Ask the Lord, what am I supposed to speak over my child? Write it down. Read it out. Give it to them. Mark their lives with blessing. I hadn't planned on saying this. At the early service, something just hit me. For every one of you who grew up in a difficult home, who grew up in a home where there were harshness of words, bitter words, maybe even verbal abuse, physical abuse, listen to me. And you think, man, I wish somebody would have done that for me. But you hear me. I believe this morning, when you come down and someone prays blessings over your life, that if you'll receive that as the Heavenly Father speaking healing words of blessings over your life, you'll walk out of here whole, that you'll walk out of here healed, and that you'll walk out of here confident of who you are in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a pronouncement. 
You gotta speak the words over their lives. Proverbs 18 and 21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. So you get to choose to speak life. The third thing is this. Blessing must be embraced by faith. By faith. You have to receive it by faith. Hebrews chapter 11 is a chapter that talks about, it's a chapter of faith, and it talks about all the people who showed great faith in the Old Testament. And in Hebrews 11, verses 20 and 21, it says, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob, we read about that, and Esau in regard to their future. And by faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph, his son's son, and worshiped as he leaned on the top of his staff. Generation upon generation upon generation, establishing the idea of blessing, that you pass it down, receive it by faith. In the first two verses of chapter 11, it says, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It's the evidence of what we cannot see. And through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. How do you embrace it? You embrace it through your heart and your actions. You let it settle deep down in your heart and let it change the way you act. One of the greatest moments of blessing is written It's actually written at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. It's by Jesus Christ. We call it the Beatitudes. Jesus speaks to people in a certain condition, but he also speaks to them about their behavior and says the blessing will rest on them. God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him. The poor there is actually not monetary poor. It means spiritually poor. They recognize their need for him. That's what the original language means. When I realize that and I fall on his grace and ask him to be Lord of my life, he blesses me. God blesses those who mourn, they'll be comforted. God blesses those who are humble, they will inherit the whole earth. Humility is a choice. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they'll be satisfied. God blesses those who are merciful, they will be shown mercy. Mercy and showing mercy is a choice. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace. Work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. And God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. You embrace it by letting what you believe settle in your heart, by letting what is pronounced over you settle in your spirit and letting that change your life. Literally, literally. As Pastor Brett prays often, and I believe he did this service, that God would send us out on mission. That Abraham, God told Abraham, I'm going to bless you and through you, the nations of the world are gonna be blessed. He'll pour out his blessing on you so that you can pour out your blessing on somebody else and they can know the goodness and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. In just a moment, we're gonna pray for every person, pray a prayer blessing over every person that would like to receive. The greatest blessing you're ever gonna receive is the relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you came into this place this morning and you know things aren't right between you and the Lord, I'm gonna give you an opportunity 
to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior and start this year off right in the most blessed way you can possibly do so. Would you bow your heads? If you're in this place and you know that things aren't right with the Lord, I'm gonna invite you just to pray a prayer like this. Lord Jesus, I thank you for all that you have done and for the sacrifice that you have made. I thank you that your sacrifice was enough, that my sins and my past, they have been covered by your blood, that my present is being guided by your spirit and my future has been assured by you and what you're doing preparing for me in heaven. Forgive me of my sins. I accept you as leader and Lord of my life and I yield my life to you now from this day forward and I'll never be the same. I'm gonna ask you to just pray this prayer of profession with me. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. One more time. Jesus, I give you my life. Now, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if you're in the room, you say, I made that decision today. I'm not here to embarrass you, call you out, anything. I do wanna pray for you this week. If that's you, you said, I made that decision today. I asked, I've accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior for the first time or for the first time in a long time. If that's you, would you just raise your hand really, really high for just a moment so I can pray for you this week? Leave it up just a moment. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Yeah. Amen. All right, you can put them down. Lord, we thank you now for the grace that you offered that has been received, for the hope that is now instilled in our hearts, for the weight of sin that's been lifted off of us and the joy of the Lord that now envelops us. I pray for every person that made that decision to follow you, that they would find such joy and peace today, such purpose when they leave here. And in these next few moments, as we pray and speak blessing over people's lives, give us receptive hearts to receive all that is spoken over us. And God, I pray for those that maybe grew up with damaged homes, that this time would be a healing time where they recognize who Christ has created them to be. And Lord, we'll give you praise in advance by faith for what you're about to do. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I'm gonna ask you all to stand with me, please. I'm gonna ask our pastors and elders to come and stand down um, front here. If you're in the mezzanine level and you have trouble getting downstairs, there's gonna be some of our pastors and elders that are in that area as well, so you can easily go to them as well. If, you're in, if this is kind of new to you, I'm gonna tell you something's gonna happen this morning. Right before we pray for you, we're gonna take some um, oil olive oil, and we're going to anoint your head with a small amount of oil. Uh, it's biblical. The Bible says that you call upon the elders of church, and you anoint with oil, and they pray the prayer of faith. What we pray right now is a prayer of faith and blessing over you. And um, so, uh, in just a moment, as we get ready, and when we get in place here, I'm going to invite you just to, at whatever pace you'd like to, just come down, and you'll be directed to one of our elders or pastors, if you would, okay? You can go ahead, step out, wherever you are, step out. I'm not going to just go by rows. I'm going to let you be led to come when you want. Face.
of your people. You are the same God who made a shepherd boy courageous, who made him brave. And I think about that word today for the people in this place, Lord, that you would increase our courage and our bravery, Father, that when we sing these words, these promises, this scripture, Lord, that you would increase our faith. God, that you would increase our trust in you that we would have courage to believe that you're the God who you say you are. And we receive your blessing, we receive your power, we receive your goodness. We sing this song today, church, over ourselves, over the people beside us, over the people getting prayed for today. And as we sing out, we receive the blessing of the Lord on our lives. We sing his truth today, we sing. May his favor be upon you in a thousand 
generations and your family and your children and their children and their children. Come on, we sing. May his favor be upon you and a thousand We increase our faith today. And your family and your children and their children. Come on, we sing. May his favor, may his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children may his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children may his presence go before you and behind you and beside you all around you and within you He is with you He is with you in the morning in the evening and you're coming and you're going and you're weeping and rejoicing He is for you 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 you just sung there, amen. Those words mean, let it be so. It's your agreement with the things that are spoken over you in this moment. Here's what I want you to do. As an act of faith, I just want you to just put your hands out like this. And I just want you to say these words. Lord, I receive your blessing. In the name of Jesus. Your words are for me. Your words will change me. And your words will empower me. Let it be so. In Jesus' name. Now, come on, give the Lord praise in this place. Amen. 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 Now listen, you've been blessed already, okay? So you've, we've sung the blessing, we've spoke the blessing, you've received the blessing. The only thing we have this morning to do is to respond this morning. So let's give our response from Psalm 19. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. 
Oh, Lord, my strength and my redeemer. God bless you, folks. Love you guys much. Have a great day.